Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanam, Mr. Rob, and Zane, and Ken the Six Man. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How's everything all right? Everything's all right. We got a lot, a lot of topics to, um, to get through. A lot of shit happened this week that's worthy of discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about the Fat Joe and Jaru versus. We're going to talk about, I don't know how much you've been following on social media, but the new thing is everybody talking about whether you would take dinner with Jay-Z or 500 grand. Uh, we're going to talk about everything that's going on with Rikers Island, the Less Is More bill, Nicki Minaj, and some hot water for some comments she made as it relates to the vaccine. And then we're going to do our, our newest segment. We're going to close out with that. Give me five. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about Fat Joe versus Ja Rule. Who did you have prior to the verses that you thought would win? And overall, who did you think end up winning? I, I had Ja Rule prior to it, and I think Ja Rule still won. I, you know, I, I give him credit. I think Fat Joe did a little better. You know, he pulled out some songs that was that, that maybe people didn't remember so much or some newer stuff, a little more current. But I think that um, I still don't think his songs, like many of them, of, you know, you got Lean Back and a couple at the scale of, say, Ja Rule's songs. Mm-hmm. I think Ja Rule had, like, universally loved hits and you kind of tell that by the back and forth with the crowd. Man, I, I, I knew going into this that Ja Rule was going to smoke Fat Joe. And the reason why I knew is because I had an opportunity. I've seen both of them in concert, and Fat Joe gives a decent show. And Fat Joe has hit records. Like, a lot of people forget about the hit records that he got. But them Ja Rule records, it's like, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think if 50 Cent didn't come along and tell people not to mess with Ja Rule, then Ja Rule's run would have been longer. You know, like somebody was saying to me the other day, they was like, Ja Rule was the man for like six months. So I was like, six months? I'm like, Ja Rule probably was like the man for like three or four years. He yeah. was putting out number one record after number one record. You know, like, I think, you know what surprised me about Ja Rule? I thought Ja Rule was going to fall victim to Fat Joe's strategy. And I knew Fat Joe's strategy was to come in and to try to get Ja Rule to start playing street records, which Ja Rule, you know, Ja Rule got street records, but he's not known for street records. And Ja Rule didn't take the bait. He was like, nah, I'm gonna keep giving you these popular records that I have over and over again. Yeah, I watched on, um, uh, while well, I listened on Hot 97, they did a recap. Hot 97 had Fat Joe winning. Oh. And yeah, and it was like that Fat Joe was killing Ja Rule, ja Rule in the first half of it. And I was like, yo, what verses were they? What they watching? I, I mean, I think I think part of it is like, yeah. I, I mean, I hate to say it, I don't want to say it this way, but a lot of his stuff seemed more local. Oh, Fat Joe? Yeah, it's more yeah. local stuff. But the thing is, is, I don't even understand how they can think that way because Ja Rule had his stretch. Ja Rule was the biggest thing going. He's doing world tours. Mm-hmm. He's 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 all over the place, headlining stuff. I don't ever remember Fat Joe even being able to do that type of stuff. Like his catalog has never been enough where he could like support having a, a fully sponsored contest where he, you know, concert where he's the headline. Yeah. And, and Ja Rule's the, I mean. Not of that magnitude. Not no, Ja Rule was quite there. He's out there performing too. So he got out there, he seemed prepared. Like he was, he was doing his lyrics, he was performing, working the stage and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect, after the locks and the dips, that I didn't expect Ja Rule to be crazy enough to come out there and not be prepared. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, you bring us a good point because I think that Fat Joe 
kind of fell victim to the locks and dipset because I think Fat Joe did was trying to do like a Jadakiss emulation. But you know, like you don't have the you don't have the lyrics that Jadakiss has, and I think Fat Joe energy was off to me. Like he was just he was like like super aggressive and and overly disrespectful. And I'm like, all right, I get the back and forth banter and everything, but it just looked like he wasn't who we've who, who we've seen of Fat Joe like in the probably last five to ten years. You know, like yeah. last five to ten years, Fat Joe Fat Joe's tried to portray the image of. I'm this cool, laid back, love, brotherly love. We got to do this, we got to do that guy. But the dude that was on stage was like the Fat Joe from Forest Projects. <laughs> He's just you mad disrespectful. Some, some of that might have been because he like, when you look at the song, Ja Rule was really funny to the crowd. They could feel it. I don't know if he thought he was getting the type of love that he deserved. But a lot of his songs, again, like, they don't resonate with men and women. Like, what's that, like, with some of his dudes who know his songs and you know and different stuff and everything and a lot of his newer stuff you know people might know and lean back they'll know but like yeah. Fat Joe's originally stuff like I couldn't see like within, you know Flo Joe because you're from New York but I, I don't see Flo Joe like a, a national nationwide hit or something like yeah. that yeah you know, so it, it, and plus every to ja Rule could literally sing two lines of his song and put the, put the mic to the yeah, ground everybody and know it yeah, yeah. I um like I did I don't for some reason I didn't even feel like they did twenty songs, but um I, I just I I the songs I think that Fat Joe probably won on is I you know I think uh, and I don't even remember like what went up against what but the winning songs for Fat Joe to me is always gonna be Lean Back, yeah. All the Way Up, yeah. uh, Make It Rain, I think is another one. Yeah, you could even go with the Khaled. All I Do Is Win, yeah. Joint, you know. It just to me it was like I'm. I don't know. I, I like even the fact that you know, I produced the pun record. Well, I yeah. exactly produced it. Um, then the, um, the 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 Remy Ma performance and the ne the Nelly song and it's like nah. I don't, man. Like, I don't even think Ja Rule went as hard as he could because if he would have went into that whole what he produced thing, he could have had put TLC out there, Mary J. Blige, like oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, nah, Ja Rule wrote, wrote a lot of a lot of hit records. And I, I'm not saying this to say that Fat Joe's performance was terrible. I don't think Fat Joe's performance no. was terrible. I just think that, that that a matchup like that was probably not in Fat Joe's best interest. Like, yo, people give Ja Rule a lot of slack and try to front on Ja Rule. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if they if 50 Cent didn't come along, yo, people would would still be embracing Ja Rule. People love yeah. Ja Rule. Like all the records that Ja Rule had. Everybody was yo. I don't care what people say. Yo, people love Ja Rule. You know, and now they trying to discard. Him. Even I feel like to a degree trying to discredit him. Even after this, just because yo, Fifty Cent stay clowning him. Yo, the the um the the news story though that's been going around is the Fat Joe calling Little Mo and Vita yeah. bitches. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. He, he issued an apology, but what do you think of that? I thought that was crazy. Well, you said you need to get these skinny, skinny bitches some, uh, some food or something or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he said you need to get these skinny bitches. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. I don't know where that came from. I'm like, he said,
or whatever. But when I watched it, the first time I saw it, I was like, yo, this dude is wildin'. Like, yeah. out of nowhere, these, 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 these dusty bitches out of the crack house. Or, yeah. I'm like, you know. I don't think Deshaun's even planning on performing that with him. I don't think that's the plan. Oh, when he pulled the back out? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I just, I, and you know, I've heard people say also, like, you know, this is all fair and love and war when you're in a battle. But them uh, Vita and Lil Mo, the versus to me has evolved from just like a, it's not a smack battle, it's yeah. not a, one of those battles. Versus is is, is more of a show, and it's yeah. showmanship and stuff like that. And like I think the locks and dipset created like that back and forth banter, you know, where people clearly that's the direction that's gonna go. But I, even with that, like the the that was more fun nature than yeah. you know on somebody a dusty dusty bitch, yeah. you know that. I think Little Mo took it personal because Little Mo, I think, is it has recently overcome addiction. Yeah. So she really took it personal. The other woman, Vita, was like, oh, I don't know why he apologized. Fat, they said Fat Joe apologized at the venue, and then he publicly apologized yesterday. Yeah. The, the issue that I see with it though is that, you know, and I don't know if he, I, I don't remember if he offered an apology on stage. Like you can't, after the fact, in the dressing room, apologize to somebody when you had already got up there. In yeah, like I think I seen today online that the joint had um, 2.5 million viewers or something like that. Yeah. You call somebody a dusty bitch in a crack house in front of 2.5 yeah. million people, and then you send a tweet afterwards, yo, my bad, I'm sorry, you know. But the end to me is energy was like weird. It was like almost like trying too hard. Like you ever experienced somebody like you, you like yo, I know this ain't you, you know, yeah. you so out of character. Or whatever it is, or at least it's not the person that we've grown accustomed to seeing out of Fat Joe. I thought, I thought, like, I thought it was weird too, like the the, the, the ridiculous in, the intermissions. You know, we I understand the break, but the intermission for no reason, change clothes. Yeah. So I mean, you, you look at it, it seemed, it seemed like like weird, like it was, it was a little bit off, and then then like um the jar rule stuff. Even when he said what he said. I think I don't know if people have, have caught it, but he said he had to beg, beg Ashanti to show up with Ja Rule. Yeah. Ja Rule and Ashanti been doing shows for the last year or two of yeah. the country, so I doubt that was the case. Yeah, and you know it's another thing that I that I find to be bugged that I that just I'm like I don't know why people would believe this. I think people believe that Ja Rule don't have no money. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm he have to be like the worst businessman in the world, giving the amount of <laughs> records that. I know the time. I know the time that Ja Rule lives. And the town he lives in, those homes don't cost less than two million dollars. He lives in the same place with Rev running them. Yeah, yeah, he he's that. But people seem to think that that yo he he financially down and out. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm 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 interested in seeing what verses put in front of us next. I I heard about P Diddy and um and Jermaine Dupree and Puffy said that he that he the only person he would get in with is against um Dr. Dre. Like I actually I think Puffy and Jermaine Dupree would be good. Yeah, and the fact that Jermaine Dupri catalog is crazy. He got Mariah Carey, he got Usher, he got Jagged Edge. He, I feel like he got he got enough records to get to twenty records to be competitive against Puffy. Oh yeah, Jermaine Dupri. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I, I don't know. Maybe Puffy's thinking some kind of monetary game or something. It might be a little bit, but I think Jermaine Dupri definitely will be good enough to get in there with him. I don't know. I think a lot of these guys they really underestimate themselves. I don't know if Dr. Dre would be a good person for him to get in there with too, because people forget Dr. Dre's done a lot of current stuff too. Mm-hmm. And if Puffy got in there, Puffy currently doesn't have a lot of current stuff. And Dr. Dre can start playing Kendrick Lamar songs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, all the stuff is subjective anyway. You know, like that's why they always throw it off at the end. Like, oh, hip hop won. No, hip hop didn't win. Ja Rule won. Yeah. <laughs> the locks beat the dip set and, yeah. you know. But you know, the other thing I was saying before that's interesting to me about this versus stuff also is that a lot of this stuff, like people watch this and they so regional, you know, and territorial. Like even with me being a person from the Bronx, I could look at that and be like, yeah, Fat Joe didn't win that. Yeah. yeah. You know, but there's so many people that they like, yo, I'm from New York. So anytime any New York guy is going to beat uh, a Southern guy, like you see, that's why T.I. keep calling out 50 and they like, oh, you know, 50 to wash him and this, that, and whatever. And I'm like, yo, I don't I don't know. You know, I think 50 has a lot of hit records. T.I. Yeah. got a lot of hit records too that people forget about. And I, and I, I would probably forget about them also. Like, I think that pre-pandemic, I had an opportunity to go to a lot of concerts and I found myself a lot of times saying, damn, I forgot this person had yeah. that record. I forgot they did this. I forgot they did that. Mm-hmm. You know, and their catalog is a lot, a lot thicker than what people give them credit for. Yeah, T.F. got a lot of hits. I think that would be good. Some, I think if you think about it, I mean, you could have you had different ones. Like, I don't, for some reason, I don't think anybody in the 50s can ever pull anything together. Like, I, it would be nice to see, like, G-Unit or somebody yeah. doing something like that. But I just think they're so disjointed right now that they probably couldn't pull it together. Yeah. And I think also the reason why 50 wouldn't do it either is because I think 50 talks so much crap that if, if, it, if he didn't come out on top, it'd probably be a, a, a real... You know, blow to his ego. Yeah. But man, so you see this thing they got going on, going around online? Dinner with Jay Z for five hundred thousand. Did you see the joint I posted? Dinner with Bow Wow, a fifty dollar gift card to Walmart. Yeah. Your mad I, people hit me up and was like, "They take the gift card." <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I think, I, well, I think I, w- I would take the Bow Wow, the Bow Wow thing, just because you know it'd be interesting to talk to him and ask him why he did so much dumb shit he did. <laughs> like. Faking in the jet and all that other thing. I'm like, yeah, the, you, but I let him keep the fifty dollars just to give him some advice to get his life right. He, he really made himself like a fool. But with Jay Z and five hundred thousand, I take the money thing. For one thing, Jay Z subject to show up to get to take out. Jay Z subject to show up and just touch his brim on his hat and tap his cap and like, yeah, what up? And break out like plus two. I mean, I think at this point, like. I don't even think Jay-Z probably would want to talk about some of the stuff you talked about. He's so far in the stratosphere, like, mm-hmm. he ain't gonna want to talk about reasonable doubt. <laughs> he's not, he's, he's, stuff, like, he's in a different space now, and if he's not in that space, the conversation's not gonna be good. I mean, he'll have some good stuff to talk about, like, as far as, you know, different things, trying to upgrade people mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but who knows or something, Plus, Jay-Z himself would probably take the money. Like, crazy not to take the money. Yeah, that's my thinking behind it, too. Right? I, I can see Jay-Z telling people, you'd be a fool not to take the $500,000. You know what I thought about with this? I'm like, I, I guess people's assumption is that they're going to go to dinner with Jay-Z and Jay-Z is going to give them advice that's going to be more lucrative yeah. than 500 grand. But at this point in time, I'm trying to think, like, the deals that Jay-Z is probably in on are deals that cost so much I'm sure to actually get in on you would need the five hundred thousand dollars probably to even get in the I don't even know if you could get in the room for five hundred grand. No probably not. Yeah so it's like you could take that five hundred thousand and flip that five hundred thousand rather than sit down and have dinner with Jay-Z. Like I, I don't know what Jay-Z is gonna say to somebody. Well one if you are aspiring musician and you take dinner with Jay-Z over five hundred thousand dollars, are you crazy? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You could take the five hundred grand 
and put your album out and do whatever it is you know how you call it and you can if you feel that jay-z is that great of a mentor you can certainly watch him from afar this is no disrespect to memphis bleak but memphis bleak has probably had dinner with jay-z a million times yeah you know and i'm like you know i'm just saying <laughs> so, so Probably take a dinner with well, take a dinner with Bleak tomorrow. But I mean, if you think about it, the five hundred thousand, like he would tell you to take the five hundred thousand. Pretty, pretty much so. And if you you took the dinner with him, he pretty his first question, and you probably be why did you take? Why did you take the five hundred thousand? You know what else? What else is bugged to me about this though? Like, yo, we we I guess maybe it's just uh for for hypothetical purposes. But why we put Jay Z? Why why are we say dinner with Warren Buffett or yeah. five hundred thousand? We automatically go to kids because we supposed to be so so strung out. By the, the celebrity of Jay Z, <laughs> 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 yeah, like you, you really, you not gonna take five hundred thousand dollars over Jay Z. Jay, you said it absolutely right. Jay Z would tell you like, yo, why would you take the five hundred thousand dollars? Why, you know, like who's the who's to say that you're not gonna sit down with Jay Z and Jay Z is, you know, like not gonna discuss anything related to business. That's not gonna have a discussion about anything that's lucrative. Yeah. This to me is one of them, like a like a fake. This to me is like a fake hustlers, um, a fake hustlers type scenario. Cause you know, I, I mean, I haven't read many of the comments, but I'm sure somebody will be in the comments uh, of one of these posts talking about, yeah, cause yo, I would, I'll sit down with Jigga, I'll pick his brain, cause I know he got with Jack Dorsey, and I know he this, and I know he that, and this that, and it's like you ain't even got the kind of paper. If you, if you, if they offer you five hundred thousand dollars, you ain't even got the kind of paper to get in the door to get in on the Jay Z deal. No. No, yeah, I mean, you know when you take that deal for the for, for you to get it with Jay Z, you got millions of dollars already. Mm-hmm. Even five hundred thousand don't mean nothing. It's not going to change nothing in your life. Yeah, like the person five hundred thousand depending on where you live. Pay off your debt, get you a house. Yeah. Yeah, you pay off your your student loan debt, whatever outstanding debt you got, you get you a house. A whole type of stuff for five hundred thousand. Start a business and. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the, the stardom that people supposed to be so, so starstruck that they would take. You know, I'm gonna take a meal and sit down with Jay Z over. You know, instead of getting the getting the 500k. But this also speaks to you know. I'm sure a lot of people would do it because there are a lot of people who pay for like um, you know, like they they pay for like um classes like you know like almost like what DJ Envy has where he has the seminars where he goes around teaching people how to flip houses and stuff like that. Like he ain't charging 500K, you know, and I think maybe he may be charging $500 or something like that. To me, that's a reasonable investment, you know, to pay $500 to get that kind of knowledge and that kind of that kind of information. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't see yeah. anything like that. Yeah, $500 and those different seminars to help you learn stuff like about investing in real estate and mm-hmm. anything like that, that's a worthwhile investment. But even anybody, $500,000, that's a different strategy. You pay a couple of dollars to try to get some knowledge, that's fine. You know, maybe yeah. give you a book, some slides, presentation or something. Yeah. So you well, do some stuff. You get, you know what you'll get out of Jay Z. At least he'll probably you'll go to a fancy restaurant. Maybe it'll be a thousand dollar dinner. So you didn't yeah. trade thousand dollars and what you perceive to be jewels or, or or tips and tricks or whatever, rather than taking a five hundred thousand in the hand. You know what it is. You gotta hope that Jay Z feels so bad for you making a bad decision that he decides to give you five. <laughs> like, you know what, man? You 
Yeah, that's crazy. You have to both be decide to give you the money, or maybe Beyonce will be there or something. You gotta get something out of it. Yo, I, w- I would literally, if somebody told me they'll give me 500k cash and I could never listen to a Jay Z song again, I'd take that. Yeah, I'd take the money. <laughs> I yo, like and I like I like Jay Z, but I'm like, yo, you don't got to worry about checking on me either. I'm, I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, the radio off, the radio off, nope. Yo, it's all in the news now. I see um the Blasio's catching all kind of heat. Um, I seen Hocus Four Fifth had did a live about it. Oh, there's, there's tons of discussion going on right now about just the inhumane conditions on Rikers Island. The dude that did um, Millie Rock to Millie, did you hear about him? That he said that he was on Rikers Island and that he was um, like kind of running a running a um, the dorm or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And have no COs on staff. Yeah, you heard they answered the phone. You hear about that? Nah. When somebody called and one of the inmates answered the phone, they were looking for a CO. He's like, nah, we running this drunk right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of discussion in New York over the last couple of years about closing Rikers Island. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know if that because the discussion has been about closing Rikers Island that they've kind of moved away of addressing the conditions, the actual conditions of Rikers Island, and it's not a priority, but, you know, they, they got reports that none of the C, that significant amount of the C, COs don't come to work um, anymore. Um, they also said that that like um, violence, of course, has increased as a result of that. That they have inmates that are in showers as holding cells. Yeah, it's just that's that's ridiculous. I, I think one of the things that's crazy about it is that you have a whole bunch of people that's that's talking about the conditions, and the conditions are horrible. But the reason that a lot of it hasn't changed is because every time they talk about putting a new jail or splitting up someplace, everybody's fighting because they don't want it in their neighborhood. NIMBY! Yeah, don't yeah. put it in me. So where are we going to put the people? I'm pretty much sure other states are just not going to accept your criminals. Yeah. So I even heard something now where they're talking about reviewing people's cases and based on what type of crime it is, it might be releasing people. Just outright releasing people because... It, it just doesn't make sense to hold them, and it's getting too so bad, and the music stuff is so bad. Yeah, you know, and even with people, when people talk about the um, the the closing Rikers Island and opening opening a number of small jails, um, even if you're a, a, a you're pro that, because I'm gonna be real with you, I'm pro that. All right, Rikers Island gotta go, but I'm also somebody that's concerned about what my property value is. So people know that if you close Rikers Island, but then say I'm gonna build a community jail right across the street from your house, your property value is gonna take a hit. So I think there has to be a little bit, a little bit of strategy to what closing Rikers Island looks like and how they go about, you know, how they go about actually managing and 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 doing that. And there are people that are like super progressive. Like I know um, uh, AOC is like a person that she's, yeah. she's super progressive. Um, and I think sometimes you could be so progressive that you don't think about like the other nuances or like how the stuff that you're talking about doing, like how impactful it could be for other people. Like to me, addressing the issue at Rikers Island in terms of closing Rikers Island and proving in the uh, conditions is because despite the fact that these people may have been convicted of a crime or may be waiting to stand trial for a crime at the end of the day, these, these are human, human beings. Yeah. yeah, that they deserve 
<laughs> you know, like, if jail at its core is really supposed to be about rehabilitation, it's no way that it should be torture. And with everything that I'm hearing, it sounds like jail right now, Rikers Island, is looking like jail in Mexico. Yeah. Colombia or something like that. You know, and that's, that's, just, that's just bad. I think the whole thing is crazy because a lot of stuff they really getting at is like a lot of underlying bigger problems. So mm-hmm. the CEOs don't get paid a lot. So again, we got all over here. Remember the whole pandemic and people staying at home and getting extra money, all unemployment and stuff. So that took some people away. Then you look at Rikers in general, one of the reasons they want to close it down is they're not really telling people, you know how much money the property that Rikers is actually located? It's water for oceanfront, yeah, oceanfront, right there. Yeah. So, they want to build condos, I'm sure. Yeah, you knock that down, you build condos. The problem is that nobody's funding a bill realistically. If they wanted to do another prison, there's tons of spots all around upstate New York. But mm-hmm. again, like you said, nobody wants that in their neighborhood or close to them or in any proximity. So that's not gonna happen. I, I believe too, and they like they got all those different things where people are complaining about the Bail Reform Act where they let people out and stuff. So you can't have it both ways. You, you want people to be treated humanely. Some people obviously, some people realistically don't belong in that environment. Mm-hmm. Backed up court logs, and now you're sitting on Rikers Island waiting for court case to come Four up. Four years to go to trial. Yeah, yeah waiting for yeah. Court, court case to come up. So it's like a whole systematic problem going on with Rikers that's causing that backup in there, and they, they gotta clear that up, and it's gonna take a while to flood something like that. Some of that is like sweeping crazy stuff that Blasio was talking about, finding guys for not showing up for work and stuff like that, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's to me, that's a distraction from the under, one of the underlying issues, I think, is that there are probably, you know, a lot of frivolous arrests that have been made that have put people in position, that put Rikers Island in the position of overcrowding, so, you know, if you have situations where Things have, like you think about it, you know, like think about when 9-11 happened, happened, a lot of people, a lot of things were going on that people were doing and they were getting desk appearance tickets rather than being sent into to MDC or sent to, into the precinct or sent to Rikers yeah. Island and stuff like that. And that to me should have been kind of like the blueprint. And I don't know the statistics. Maybe these are people who never showed up for the desk appearance tickets or whatever it is. But that should have been kind of like the blueprint to, to show that there can be some type of diversion rather than funneling everybody to Rikers Island or putting everybody on the boat, you know, because what they're doing now is just, to me, is just sort of like, I pick them up off the street, take them to, if you're in the Bronx, take them to 161st, yeah. ship them on 165 Picasso, ship them, ship them to the island, you know, if the fence warrants it. And I think after a while, like this, the, the, the Rikers Island is sort of at capacity and bursting at the seams. Like I heard something that they supposedly going to use some NYPD officers yeah. You know, we'll put them on Rikers Island. But to me, I would imagine that's two different se- separate sets of training, right? To, yeah. to be a correction officer versus a police department officer. And imagine if you signed up to, to work, you know, on the streets as a police officer. And then they tell you, guess what? You're getting transferred to go work in, in the prison. Imagine if you wanted them officers, those police officers that was trying to make a name for yourself, where you was locking everybody up under the sun. And they'd be like, well, guess what? You're going to be a CO now. The, the craziest thing is, I would imagine it sounds crazy. They probably send all the worst. So all those guys got these brutality things and all those mm-hmm. other things, so they don't have to deal with them. The best way to get them off the street is put them over there. Yeah. And those unions are strong, though. You know, those those unions have power. So I'm sure that dude Pat Lynch, who always yeah. out there, the PBA dude, I'm sure he'll pro- 
protest tooth and nail. You know, they what all unions, what they always do, they sell out the babies or whoever the least senior people are. Somebody right now probably in the, in the academy thinking that they're going to be on the beat, they but they're going to tear. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's just what it is, you know, like, but they to me, you're right. Like there are a lot of underlying conditions that they have to address if they want to change this. And they said that, I think like a lot of, um, they had assembly people there, Eric Adams, who aspires yeah. to be a tour, like all these people went and toured and they said that they came out and none of them really reported on any of the conditions, everything that's going on at Rikers Island. One of the things that was most troubling about it is, um, Mayor de Blasio initially tried to block initially tried to block the tour they said. Yeah. and then they still they said that they still had like a couple of days to prepare for the visit and then when people went in it was still horrible so to me i looked at that and i'm like damn if they did any kind of preparation and this was still a dis what they discovered could you imagine what it must really look like it's got to be horrible. I think that that whole thing is there's so many perpetual things. Like, you got Eric Adams is running and everybody's talking about all the crime and stuff like that. All they're going to do is add more people to Rutgers. Yeah. So it's not, it's, they have no real, real problem. Like, realistically, you got guys in Rutgers. People that got too many traffic tickets in there with dudes who sold keys and other dudes that murdered people. That's how stupid the system is. Like, some of this stuff, people don't even, don't even merit people being in jail. This dude over there was saying we caught him riding a motorcycle in Harlem or something mm -hmm. going So we're going to put him in this cell block with a dude that people are selling guns and running drugs across the state. Yeah. And we're arresting him. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, give him a ticket, the phone, like, Prison and prison is not reformed. Like other countries, kind of have a better idea of how to do this. We was in. It's more like a, a, a money making thing. It costs, it's the industry. Like, yeah, it costs like fifty thousand, fifty thousand dollars or more to keep a dude in jail for a mm -hmm. year. I don't know where the money's going. A dude laying up in the shower. Yo, and you know the crazy night. thing is too, you get out of jail, and you got some people got to pay restitution. Yeah. People gotta pay restitution, like yo, you paying somebody back for the shitty condition. After go, you went and stayed in a, a negative yeah. one star place, and you gotta pay restitution. Yeah, I had a nerve to have you working there for eight cents or some shit like that, eight cents an hour in a hellhole and yeah. charging me for it. Or something. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 less is more bill. Let me just I'm gonna I'm gonna give like the the clear principles of it so people understand. Cause I think this is something that'll kind of help, help provide a little bit of relief. It's one of the things that could provide a little bit of relief. So the less is more bill, um, what it says is that it provides earned time credits so that people who are on parole and abide by the rules get 30 days off or 30 days of compliance. Um, it creates the right to counsel discovery, heightened burden of proof, swift timeframes for hearings and other procedural protections that individuals accused of violations that are not new crimes. Uh, it severely restricts the use of pre-adjudication detention for suspected technical violations and eliminates incarceration for most technical violations. So what this says is, in a nutshell is that, you know, previously you had dudes like, you think of a dude like, I think Meek Mill got caught up with this. Dudes that's on parole for their whole life. Just getting locked up. Just constantly getting locked up for like, you know, for minor infractions or minor violations. And I'm, I'm guessing now with this, the thought process is that, you know, we could, re we could reduce the prison population and reduce the carousel also. You know, like the, the recidivism rates gotta be through the roof 
with repeat offenders, with people going going to see their parole officer and getting violated for something, you know, something crazy like, oh, you know, well, you missed curfew, you're supposed to be in the house this particular yeah. time, you missed curfew, you know, I'm violating you, you're going back to jail. Or, I'm, or here's another one, I'm violating you, which they're talking about, I'm violating you, and then I'm gonna hold you while you await a hearing and said, all right, you gave a person a violation or whatever. Why do they need to be in a precinct? Why do they need to go back to the island because yeah. you violated them? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, none of that stuff ever really made a lot of sense. Like you can't sell drugs in the daytime. So I gotta be in the house at a certain time <laughs> because I might not sell drugs or crimes are not committed during the day and this and that. Listen, if a guy's walking, the guy was in parole, he got a exposed beer without a guy or something. Just arresting people, listening, and a lot of times, a lot of that stuff is, is reasonable. It's really, really, really like um, geared towards minorities and keeping people in the system and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because you got to figure, I mean, you, know, you got people doing all types of stuff that that you would never see in a minority community happening that don't get arrested or something. If you listen, you get pulled over in a car and you ask a guy what's going on or why he's pulling you over, you get just an arrest. Yeah. This guy over here tell a cop to get the hell out of here. I don't know why you stopping me. Like, listen, just calm down. So yeah. it just depends on who it is and, and all types of stuff. And as far as like parole, I mean, I mean the whole number of whole bail for non-violent offenders and stuff like that. I mean, realistically, we just we recycling people just because we can get them. And once your name is on the books, it's they almost like keep bringing you back. To keep bringing you back, like you a career, like you a career cash cow. We just keep running this one through the system. We get more money off of him. I need uh, to get him an easier rush. Where's this? Where's this dude that go hang out in front of the go hang out in front of the halfway house and wait for dudes to do the wrong thing? Think about it. You got a police officer, a police hanging out blocks away from the place where they know the guys who in the halfway house and just wait for them to do something wrong. Yeah. Man, the, the, I think as long as you, so on the table, what everybody's talking about now is bail reform, prison reform, parole reform. You think about all these things and a lot, I don't know, I'm, I don't know how much time you, you spend like just driving through like upstate New York, like upstate New York towns are built around prisons. Like when you start hearing about all the old, like Kingston and, 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 you know, People, even like, well, when you grow up in the city, Ossining is yeah, up yeah. There, but Sing Sing, and like, these are towns that most of the people in the towns work in these prisons. This is where you go, you know, you go to school, you go get your job at the prison. I work at the prison, I work at the prison. So there's really no incentive for upstate New York politicians or just politicians in general for some of these places to want to actually close prisons because that's their that's their industry like their chief import is criminals you know they make it they make money those towns make money off of it and i've seen towns where they've closed jails yeah you know and those towns look they look ravaged they look real bad because now okay now where's the job where's the um where's the, the job you know what it reminds me of remember that movie with mike keaton and the asian cats gung-ho and everybody in the town was like, yo, we got to, everybody worked at the factory building the cars and they relied on the factory to be successful. Some of these upstate towns are like that with the prison. And that's why you see people have, have resistance to closing. And then the other thing is, I don't know how accurate the numbers are, but a lot of people try to tie a lot of the violence in New York City now 
to the whole bail reform stuff. Yeah, so people who they should have never been on the street to begin with. You know, I don't. I would love to see the statistics to see how many of those people are actually repeat offenders or career criminals. Um, but that's what that's what that's a cop out. That's the easy way to go. Like, oh, this person they was arrested in 2001. They shouldn't have never been out kind of thing rather than saying like all right maybe we need to tweak the bail reform kind of thing i feel like they come up with these policies and they just act on them they don't really think about the implications of them or how long it's going to actually take for them to be effective yeah i think they do what's easy it's easy, it's easy just to pick on the people that they already have in the system and, and do stuff like that when you look at stuff like like bail reform, i mean realistically it was designed for for people that would get overly taxed and stuff with these petty crimes that mm-hmm. Enormous amounts of money, and basically mixing non-violent with violent felons and people mm-hmm. with lesser charges and stuff like that that didn't have the means really goes back to stuff like Elite Browder, who yeah. $600 basically cost him, you know, his life. His life. So that, that's, that's like where that stuff stems from. And when you look at it, when you look at all the different things that they say reforms, I mean, it's almost like we got like a bunch of people that want to see people go to jail. Now, don't get me wrong, there's people in the street that are doing, doing things that are going to be bad cross crimes. Those people that are doing certain things, yeah, they probably should get arrested and go to jail. But a lot of things, I mean, a lot of things are happening is sad because you can directly correlate the spike in these crimes with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. From prior to the pandemic, New York's crime rate was probably the lowest it's been. Yeah, it was going down. Yeah, and then the pandemic came and people just kind of went nuts. And you got to think about it this way, too. Like, people are saying that the crime's up or something. I don't think police particularly took lightly to defund the police, too. I mean, you got to defund the police that not really motivating them to do much. On top of the fact, I mean, that you have police officers. COVID is killing people, so I don't see people really getting that actively involved in crime. Like, listen, if I don't got to go around, I'm going to do Something. I'm not gonna be jumping out the car, listening, picking nobody up or nothing. This is my life to arrest this fool for messing up his own neighborhood. I yeah. Mean, so there's a lot of things that, that like not motivate people to pursue this stuff. I'm sure there's certain things that that are happening. You know, it, it's just crazy. Some people are taking advantage of that. Obviously, that you know you got less people out there and things are a little tighter, so people are taking advantage of that. But. I couldn't see, I couldn't see, you know, removing the different bail reforms. You might, like you said, tweak it a little bit, mm-hmm. and you, you you do that. And um, as far as like prisons and stuff, like they had a prison in Pennsylvania where I think it was a privatized prison where they were actually in cahoots with the with the, the judge, the, yeah, sending people there for money. Yes, yeah. down and the whole city basically went to fight. Yeah. Everybody in the city worked in jail. So even for Rikers, I mean, they, they one day took them out, people not showing up and all this other, so they shut Rikers down. Where the food the people go? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's a major issue that I don't think they're going to be able to tackle overnight. Like, they got to... They're gonna, they're gonna have to. Like one of the things I don't like is when people have knee-jerk reactions to something. Like they try something, it don't work, and then immediately they scrap it. You know, rather than trying to reconfigure it. Like I, I'm a firm believer that if you try something and it doesn't work, you should reconfigure it and give it some time to work. You can't just constantly keep reconfiguring and reconfiguring. Yeah. After a while, nobody understands what the actual process is for any of this stuff. And I think that. You know, New York City to me is like one of those places, and just this country in general. Like, I think whenever a problem presents itself, 
people look for immediate fix. Except for if it's racism. Racism, we yeah. can wait. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> racism, we can wait on that. That could take time to figure out. But everything else, everything else yeah, yeah, it's just an immediate. We need an immediate fix for it. Throw this at it. Throw this at it. And fix it. Make it happen. Just that. And I think that it takes. It's going to take politicians, and it's going to take regular citizens to to figure out like what the practical, real fix is for it. You know and. Who knows, you know, hopefully 10 years from now they have figured it out, but there, there are other agendas at play. Like, I think Eric Adams is not speaking that much about it because he's probably going to want the PBA endorsement, you know, and I think that, the, um, I think, I believe Eric Adams was, uh, either he was a correction officer or a police officer at one time, right? Wasn't yeah, he, he was. He was, he, was, um, he was a detective. Yeah, so, you know, he should, he, more, more than anything, he should know. I'm sure he's on one endorsements from his union, so. Oh, yeah. He's got to get moving and get motivated to say something about it. It's such a hot button topic right now. Yeah. Man, yeah, hot button topics. Nicki Minaj is in hot water. Nicki Minaj, she's getting backlash because she reported that her cousin's friend said that he took the vaccine and it made his nuts swell up. So she's not taking the vaccine. <laughs> Yo, she's not taking the vaccine until she gets more research. As a, I don't know if you heard this as a result. Did you hear that on um, Twitter? Um, I think blocked her, like temporarily blocked her or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I, so here's my here's my thing about this. Like, I think Nicki Minaj is her is her Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I think Nicki Minaj has the right to say that she's not taking the vaccine. I where I think it becomes an issue. Is the second part of it when she tells the story and rationale? Why? Yeah, why? She's not taking it. Like, it's just to me, it's just like you put you putting out this information based on hearsay. Like, you know, like that. That's like me saying, "Yo, I'm not taking a vaccine because I heard, you know, it, it, it shrunk somebody's nipples or whatever." <laughs> like, you never experienced this firsthand. You just taking this information, and I think that it is. It's crazy, like, I think sometimes people don't realize, like, the responsibility, the societal responsibility. I think they said she got, like, 22 million followers or something like that. So you figure, she got 22 million followers, if a third of those people be like, well, I'm not getting vaccinated because it's drunk Nicki Minaj's cousin friend's testicles or whatever. I just, like, I have no issue with her saying I'm not taking the um, vaccine because her initial thing to it, I was like, I get it. She was like, I'm not taking no vaccine to go to the Met Gala. She got a little yeah. baby at home. Like, yeah, all right, I, that that makes sense. Yeah. But then when you add on to it, I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't yeah. roll with it that far with it. What do you think about this? Think, think about how far this went. That the Prime Minister of England had to weigh in on Nicki Minaj, where he was talking about he believes in some soccer player, Nicki whoever who who took it or something. But it, it's crazy that. <laughs> You got the prime minister of a country sitting here talking about Nicki Minaj's vaccine comments. And then you got the prime minister of Trinidad. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I saw that too. There's no, this, this situation is unfounded. There's it was never repaired. I'm sitting here like, she got governments moving off of some Twitter, some Twitter junk. The whole government's saying, that's how serious they are about these vaccines. Like, if you don't want to take it, that's your, like, yeah, that's your own opinion for whatever reason you want to. But when mm -hmm. you start... Like you make yourself look crazy by putting this out there. I mean, the fact that you would even say something that crazy, I mean, clearly, clearly, I'm sure her publicist and management is probably sitting there like in turmoil, like, why would you say something that's crazy? 
because right now any any Revlon or any of those type of places like yeah, no, we can't we can't work with this foolishness and whatever. So she, I, I, I just don't understand why you would even put something out there like that. Like you don't want to do it. Like tons of celebrities, athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people that you wouldn't even expect that you think would do it just don't want to do it, and that's their mm-hmm. own right. But yeah, I don't think John Stockton would get out there and say he didn't want to do it because his balls got licked. His <laughs> <laughs> friend's balls got licked. Yeah, I mean. and he's against it. You know, like you know, you got a got a lot of prominent people that you do yeah. against it. Uh-huh. I don't think some of these guys would come out and say this ridiculous stuff. I mean, I don't. Maybe it's just like a, a, a like. A, Cry for it, and cry for help, or <laughs> some kind of some kind of like reaction. She wanted some, some more more hits or something. Or something. Yo, I'm gonna tell you. You know what rocked her to sleep though? Because there's a there is a double edged sword with this, right? So if you a person who you pro vaccine, let's say you LL Cool J, and you yeah. call, you get on there, you be like, I got vaccinated today, and then your next slide, your next post is like, I got vaccinated, and you list out whatever the statistics are. This that or whatever, you know, people are going, they gonna get in the comments and they gonna talk about you a sellout or you, yeah. whatever it is. But for some reason, that kind of plays different than somebody else who's like anti-vax with it. And I, that there is a double standard. There definitely is a double standard there. But I, I think we somehow have placed people who take the vaccination and people who are pro-vaccination in a category where we almost view them as being, for lack of a better word, sane. And people who don't, people who don't take the vaccine and they're outspoken against it, especially a celebrity, it's like, wait, wait a minute, you're using your platform to do what? At the end of the day, it's these people platform. And it goes back to what we said last episode. I think that whatever people position is around, they have the right to have that position. I think you just got to deal with the backlash. You know, I, said, I heard something where they said the White House invited her to um to to come to the White House uh, to talk to her about it. Like I don't know why they would put so much energy into selling or convincing making even knowledge, but I, I guess they probably feel that that she got 22 million followers and that she got help lead the charge and getting people vaccinated. Then she, you see she got into this beef with Joy Reid over over um, it or Joy Reid, uh uh Uncle Tamiana or something like that. Yo, I like Nicki Minaj as an artist. I think she's talented, but you know, you know what issue I have with Nicki Minaj that I constantly see with her that to me is troublesome and that somebody should speak to her about it. Like to me, she weaponizes being a female and race for stuff that don't have anything to do with race. Like she got into a Pierce Morgan also and started, you know, and made that to be racial. You know, I remember when uh, Peter Rosenberg told her like one of her albums was, wasn't good it was trash and then she made that to be oh is this racial no the yeah. album wasn't good it didn't have anything to do with your no. race it just wasn't a good album and then I think she fell out with Charlemagne and Envy over something involving the same album or one of them albums and then told them oh you know you hating on female or whatever it's just like I don't know if it's that she feels that she's above constructive criticism but I, I just like if you want to be if you're gonna be an entertainer and you're gonna put your opinion on blast and be public like we haven't seen jay-z tweet anything public no. or post anything or beyonce or we at least i haven't seen them come out publicly and say anything about it you know and i think that people they realize probably the power of that platform and probably feel like i'm making i'm gonna make whatever decision i want to make for me and i don't want to defend it have to defend it in the public yeah. eye 
And I think Nicki Minaj could have did that. Maeve would said whatever she needs to say. I just think the issue is once you double down and you start talking about stuff about um, your, not even your cousin, your cousin's friend, balls got swollen. So you went <laughs> to the vaccine. It's just like, come on, man. Like, yo, what, how, why you go this far with this? Well, let me tell you how far she went. Last night I was watching Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel hit her up on Twitter basically like, listen, I want to talk to the dude. And she, goes, <laughs> yeah, and she goes, yeah, I'm his manager or something. How much are you going to pay him? <laughs> and Jimmy Kimmel hit her back and said, well, I'm going to pay by the pound. She didn't respond. <laughs> Yo, shit. <laughs> Yeah, Jenny Kimmel was like, I want to talk to the dude, but I want to bring him on. And she talking about I'm his manager. So this is how crazy she is with the whole situation. Like, I, I think that, I think she, she does have exactly what you said. I think there's a lot of insecurities because even if you think about rap, like, she makes, like, she, she's a great, don't get me wrong, she's a great artist. Mm-hmm. Everybody has albums that people don't like and different things, but she's very sensitive and we'll say she makes it hard sometimes for people to like her like the, like yeah. even like this ridiculous hard beat and stuff like people don't even speak to her but she feels threatened so she starts acting away about certain things so yeah. that's just in her character yeah. yeah i you know if i just think uh, uh people don't realize like it's almost like with with the, with the celebrity comes uh responsibility and they gotta you know you have to be able to it's, it, to me, it's different being Nicki Minaj with 22 million followers than me being um, Cool Rock Ski from Fat Boys. <laughs> like, yo, know, I'm not, I'm not on so many people radar. I can say all this, all this stuff, or whatever, and probably just have like the people who follow me comment on yeah. it. But there are people I believe that follow Nicki Minaj on Instagram that's probably not even a, a fan of Nicki Minaj. It's just like she's an influencer. Yeah. You know, and you think about that. In, in 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 context of the stuff with the vaccine, if they know that you're an influencer, they're gonna watch even more, more, more closely to make sure that the yeah. stuff that you're saying is not, you know, is accurate. And yeah. to me, like like I said, like I think it's fair play to say I'm not taking it. Like that first statement when people went off with that, how could you say you're not taking? I'm like, I don't see nothing wrong with that. If her position is I'm not taking the vaccination to go to the Met Gala, to me she was making an informed decision. Like I got to do more research. I just think that maybe she, with that, after she put that first tweet or Instagram post, whatever it was out, that maybe she gained momentum and was like, oh, all right, people rolling with me on this. Let me see how far I could go with this. So if I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a keep going with it, you know, and I, you know, it's, it's just some random dude from a friend of a friend. I mean, that makes no sense at all. Yeah. So but I do hope that she takes, she said she was going to take them up on their offer and go to i think they said she did a live i didn't see a live oh, it's the said, white house yeah and go to the white house and i think she said that for people which i figured once she said that she was going i'm like okay Nicki minaj you better ask these other people in the chat to to assist you with this ask them to give you questions and stuff like that because if you just stepped out on on this and you don't really have any substance to back it up you're gonna look crazy well, but she did she did come out and say like you know i'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask, you know, if y'all have any questions you want me to ask, put it in my chat or DM me the questions. Dr. Fauci was talking about her too. I mean, this is crazy. Like, she doesn't realize as much as, you know, she probably didn't want to. This could be a career defining moment too. I mean, you get up there, you look crazy, and you say, say the wrong thing crazy. I mean, any sponsorship, I mean, people are real fickle. So, any crazy thing she says or something, I mean, plus two, and nobody's gonna take kindness to her getting up there. 
with the president and Fauci and these people and just start getting disrespectful. That's not going to work. So she's bad thought process out of mind right now. Did you hear somebody called Dr. Fauci, Dr. Ouchie? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude. Dude, I'm going to tell you, y'all, I am going to say this what I think is completely disrespectful. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, the comments that people have made talking about she using this to deflect from whatever she got going on with her husband. Um, yes, which I don't like, I don't I, Whatever she got going on with her husband, I don't see how that ties into this. But, yo, that's how low people got. Then you got people talking about she had all this plastic surgery and she took injections. She didn't know what was in it. I'm like, it, it's yeah. comedy, but I don't, you know, like, I think that that's you going, you going, like, really, really low. Yeah. To, to, to put that in there. Like, at the end of the day, if you're going to hold her accountable for something, hold her accountable for the fact that she said that her cousin's friend's testicle swells up. <laughs> yeah, I done heard a lot of stuff that was vaccine side effects. That was the first time I heard that. <laughs> yeah, it's you know what somebody said? Yo, you know what somebody said that? Might have and, ride and, a bike or something. You know? Somebody, yo, somebody said that the dude need to stop. He hide from his woman that he go to STD from yeah, exactly. <laughs> the vaccine. Yo, keeping with the theme of our new seg segment, give me five. Last episode we did Give Me Five and it was um it was five songs guaranteed to rock anywhere. This Give Me Five, we're gonna do something a little different. This Give Me Five, I wanna know your your top five overrated, most overrated actors or actress and why. You good live. Like this wasn't as easy as I thought because when I thought about people being overrated, I thought the people was actually good to begin with, and a lot of these guys stink all the way through. <laughs> I got some. I got some controversial ones that I know that when people oh, yeah. when people watch this, they're gonna be like, "Oh man, how can you say that?" The first person that came to mind, and I explained that Daniel Craig was from James Bond. He's terrible. Okay. He's the worst James Bond ever. I mean, think about it. You had Sean Connery, Roger Moore, um, Pierce Bronson. This dude is terrible. I don't even know why they made him Bond. Mm. Then you got all those people from from what is that? Um, that crap that people, what the hell is it? Um, with the wolf and the damn vampire. What, what, True Blood? What? Nah, nah, they, they actually have what they use the movie that people love. Twilight? Like, yeah, they all stunk. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Those dudes suck. Honey, the other dude was the Shark Boy or whatever the hell is it? He's so bad he can't even get a job. That's how bad mm -hmm. he was. He stunk. Then let me tell you, I got into some household debates because I was on the fence with some of these guys. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is going to be a controversial one. I like Forrest Whitaker. But <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, this ain't the last King of Scotland work he's doing now. This is more on Ghost Dog. We played Ghost Dog I mean, the Harlem show is okay. It's, this is not bad, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, he, he's out there dying. He's, he's looking crazy. They got um, Lawrence Fishburne, who went from Morpheus <laughs> to the sidekick to Anthony Anderson. He kind of relieved. I mean, <laughs> we was trying to talk about, like, from a perspective, though, he's still making money and stuff. He was a comic relief to Anthony Anderson. He living in, putting his career is like where he lived, but he lived in the guest house. 
So I'm gonna go on my first overrated. The person who I, a person who I just, I'm like, I don't know why people think that this person is a good actor, Ben Affleck. Like Ben Affleck to me, he's to Goodwill, he had Goodwill Hunting, he had Gone Girl. I thought he was okay in Armageddon. Yeah. I thought he was the worst Batman ever. <laughs> like I just, I'm like, this dude probably bulked up to like 260. I've never seen Batman look so stiff and corny. Like, he's the worst Batman. I think he was the worst Batman than George Clooney. Like, he, he was worse than Adam West. Yeah, like, I'm not, I just, I just don't, I don't. Didn't he make the worst movie of all time with Jennifer Lopez, uh, Geely? Yeah, that was the Yeah, like, I just thought, I, the town was, eh, I just don't, I think he's terrible. I think he's overrated. Um, I know he's getting now, like, props for being a, a good director. Um, I just and and I, I feel like he lived off the strength of Goodwill Hunting for a long period of time, and I just I got him I got him on my overrated list. Isn't that what they usually do too? When you when you think as a player, they say you're a great coach. He might yeah. be a good coach, Yeah, I got. I'm gonna go next one. That's going. It's going. A lot of people are gonna be like, "Damn, why are you saying that?" But if you think about this person catalog, you'll probably be like, oh, "Okay, I, I get where you're coming from." Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence on there, and I'm gonna say the reason why I got Martin Lawrence on there is because to me, Martin Lawrence's best work, I like life. I like yeah. the line between love and hate. But let's be real, like Big Mama's House was not cin- a cinematically great one or two. Whatever, that wasn't great. Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. Um, the Bad Boy movies, at the Bad Boy movies, you look at them, you're like, okay, you know, like even. And I think I came to this conclusion because even now, I don't know if you watch like the Martin reruns. I watched the Martin reruns, you know, because of the syndication. And those yeah. sh- they didn't age well to me. Some of that stuff I look at, I'm like, damn, like this was gut busting in the 90s. Yeah. But I look now, I'm like, damn, like, you know, has humor evolved or whatever? <laughs> you know, it's just like, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I think Martin Lawrence, even like his latter on um, stand up, like Run Tell That and all, and you know, it's it, it just. As far as I think he's a better comedian yeah. than he's actually actor. And I'll say this also. One of the other movies that I thought he was great in, and this should this this was the, the indicator that told me like, okay, I see where I'm at with him as an actor. I thought I thought that some of his best acting work was in House Party 2. And oh, how think about it, like all the films that he's done, we going all the way back to House Party 2 from probably 1996, where he was comedic relief. To say like oh, he's your best acting work, like I just nah, like Marty Maul to me, like yo, good comedian, actor wise to me mediocre. If, yeah. if people have them up, have them up there as a great actor, I just don't, I can't see that. Uh, I'm gonna go with a couple on this one. This is a couple: Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Sarah Jessica Parker outside of Sex in the City. What has she done? Nothing. Oh, and Matthew brought her be in that damn Godzilla movie. Matthew, yo, anytime you in a film, Bueller, like, that's all you know. Ferris Bueller. 
right? And you know what he got? And this is where I said that I think he's overrated because wasn't he on Broadway playing um, in the producers? Yeah. And usually, like, bro, when you think Broadway, you think, like, classically trained actors and stuff like that. Like, yo, this dude, to me, I'm like, yo, you ain't Godzilla. You ain't even a star of the movie. Godzilla's a star of the movie. <laughs> like, I don't understand how you would go from having, like, because Ferris Bueller was a, was a big movie. Yeah. Ferris Bueller was a big movie. I just don't, I've never, even in, even in Ferris Bueller, I looked at it, I was like, oh, this is a cool, it's a fun, a fun movie. Yeah. But I just, I, to me, he's overrated. Him and Sarah Jessica Parker overrated. Well, think about the timeline between Ferris Bueller and Godzilla. What was he doing in between then? Killing people. He, you and he ran somebody over in his car or something crazy like that? <laughs> Yo, that dude is wild. Um, you know who's a terrible actor, too? I think a, I think a great director, but terrible actor, Quentin Tarantino. I don't oh. know why Quentin Tarantino finds a reason to insert himself in his film. I would put my honorable mention would be Spike Lee. I don't think Spike Lee's a good actor either, but I think he's a great filmmaker. But Quentin Tarantino, like from Dust Hill Dawn, classic film. But did we really, couldn't we have found somebody else to put him in there? Like even yeah. Pulp Fiction, we could have found somebody else, you know? And he's, and to me, he's obsessed with using the N-word. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know, like Quentin Tarantino. And 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 then this, this, this is, this one is gonna be a heartbreaker for a lot of people. Because I'm from the Bronx, but Jennifer Lopez, I'm sorry. Yeah, she, she's really bad. I, just, I, I feel like Jennifer Lopez is an overrated actress because I like everything that Jennifer Lopez stands for as a Latina from the Bronx. She's got filthy rich, business oriented. Yeah. But I think that Jennifer Lopez fell into the role of being white Hollywood, white America's safe Latina. Yeah. And I think that she kind of got typecast into making a lot of the same films over and over again. Like every time I see her in these movies, she kind of like the uh, like a like the goofy Latina, like eh, eh, eh. Yeah, you know, yeah. like hey, Maiden Man. What she had? She had Maiden Man. What is, yeah. What's the difference between Maiden Manhattan and that other movie where she was working in the supermarket where she became nothing? Supermarket and this yeah. being the main. Nothing, yeah. It's just like every. I'm like, God damn, like, why every movie they, you, they got you playing the same role? Yo, her, some of her best work, I don't, a lot of people didn't like the film, but I thought the, the last joint she did with Cardi B or whatever, Hustlers. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I was like, okay, at least she trying something different. But you know what to me was her best work all time? That's to me, and, and maybe this is why I'm critical of her, Selena. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Selena, I thought, I thought Selena was a great film. Great I thought job. Selena was probably like an Oscar worthy type film, Oscar worthy yeah. type performance. And then afterwards, next thing you know, you Angel Eyes, you Made in Manhattan. Yeah. You, it, it's just the same role. Geely, she was in that joint yeah. too. Over and over again to us like, yo, come on. Like some of that stuff, I didn't even bother. I'm like, I, I think I turned it off after a while. Like I, I kind of got her in my Tyler Perry box. Like I respect everything that Tyler Perry does, his business acumen and all that. But I, I you know, like to me, it's like, it's, it's amateurish. You know what it is? I think like a lot of a lot of people that are doing stuff or, or some or some of these every a lot of guys with names are they're actors in something else. So they mm -hmm. they wanna take the check. So like he's a comedian who acts, a dancer, a singer who acts. Mm -hmm. So they willing to take any a director role. who acts. Yeah, whereas like a like a classically trained actor, like Ben Affleck is back. 
But some of these, <laughs> some of these classically trained actors, they won't even take certain roles. They're not like, listen, that's not, I'm not taking that role. Like, but yo, know, I think Lawrence Fishburne is classically trained, I think. Yeah, he's just chasing a check. <laughs> chasing a check. Like, I give some guys credit. People don't want to give him credit. I give Samuel Jackson credit. You know what? He is always Samuel Jackson. He takes mm-hmm. plays himself, and he makes money off of it. He never said yeah. he's great. Never said, like, put it this way. You wouldn't see Morgan Freeman sitting in no damn guest house fucking making jokes with Anthony Anderson. That's, gonna, that's just not what he's going to do. Oh, man. You wouldn't think about it. I don't think. You wouldn't like a lot of guys. You think Sidney Poitier would have been piling around in the guest house? Yeah, I just—I mean, like this was this wasn't an easy one for me either because I'm like there are a lot of bad actors and bad actresses. Yeah. So I try—I yeah. tried to select people that I knew that people would be in because there's low hanging fruit that you yeah. know that you could easily run out there and be like you know this person's terrible this that. But yo, these are like I talked to people about this and honorable mentions that people had. I was like, man, that's true. Kevin Hart. There's like yo, Kevin Hart, The Rock, and yeah. Diesel, George Clooney. Somebody, what's that dude that does the King of Queens? He's never been in anything good. Uh, Ray, um, what, no, what? not Ray. I know Kevin, um, I know yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, he's never done anything good. I mean, like Adam and the sidekick. Yeah, you got a lot of guys that's like just they make really bad stuff. I think, I think it's entertaining. You know what? I think I seen an interview with Seth Rogen. He kind of put it, he kind of put it in perspective. So Seth Rogen was like, somebody's like, um, somebody interviewed, it might have been like one of the, that coffee, coffee thing, but, um, mm-hmm. and they asked him about the movies and how's he feeling not being nominated for awards and stuff like that. And he basically said, my award comes from the people watching. He was like, I know I'm not no great actor. And it's no, we're not a thespian. <laughs> yeah, but he said straight up, he's like, I bet you more people see Pineapple Express than some of these ones that, that won the award for the best film. Of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, you get you a cult classic on your hands, you know, when people see it. But you know, who's who's the um Adam Adam Sandler? Like to me, Adam Sandler with his with the last film that he did where he was the jeweler. That was good. That was refreshing to me because yeah. I'm like, I'm so tired of this dude playing the same goofy role over and over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, so you got a role that people wouldn't envision you playing. And you look at the, like, you look at Denzel, like, I think Denzel and when the Academy Award to, what, he played in Training Day? Yeah. He played the villain, and that was because people probably had gotten so used to seeing him play these other straight-laced roles. Like, I think people gotta, they gotta stretch. If you wanna be a great actor, you gotta make me be able to look at the screen and say, that's not Will Smith, that's such and such. You're gonna laugh? Oddly enough, Kevin Hart's last two roles were probably his best. That one where he played where he was like a home attendant. Upside. I thought that was a decent movie. And he played another one where he was a father, a new one. I think it might be on Netflix. I didn't see that yet. Yeah, his um, his basically his wife died and he was a father to a a single father with a daughter. Mm -hmm. And those for his last movie, they both like kind of a step outside of comedy role. Not yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I haven't I didn't see that one yet, but I, I did see the upside and I thought the, I yeah. thought the upside was good. I was like, okay, this is this is good. This is good for him. It's good yeah. because you know it's a little bit of his humor still in it, but yeah. it's not the, all of the same shucking and jiving yeah. and the same stuff. And, and, and you know what? In all fairness to them, like who says that these people want to be thespians? Maybe they like y'all. I'm like maybe you know, like a Tiffany Haddish, like I know what my 
my niche is. Yeah. I know what my go-to role is. If I'm gonna keep getting work being this person, I'm, I'm gonna be it. But then you see, like, you look at the dude, you see a Tom Hanks that's like, I'm gonna go out and play, um, uh, how you call it, Sully, or I'm gonna play uh, Forrest Gump, or I'm gonna play this or that, or, you know. And you hear, sometimes I hear the roles that people have turned down, and I'm like, like, you know Will Smith turned down um, The Matrix to do yeah. Wild Wild West? <laughs> Yo, it's, I get why he would, because the story of a black cowboy, but yeah. I think that could have been a story that I, I wouldn't have, I mean, personally, I wouldn't have turned it down knowing it was a comedy. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that I, I think Eddie Murphy's best, the best work I've seen from Eddie Murphy recently was Dream Girls, which he was, um, uh, he was uh, Oscar nominated. For I think he didn't get the dream. I think he didn't get the Oscar because his next film was Norbit. Yeah, Dolomite was pretty good. I thought that was yeah. I thought that was cool. And then the other film that I don't. A lot of people didn't see it, but I always tell people like I'm like this is some of Eddie Murphy's best work. You ever seen Mr. Church? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So when you I think when you step out step outside of your comfort zone and try to play a different role like every that to me gave Eddie Murphy an opportunity to show that he could expand his acting chops and do something different but some of these dudes it's like they keep playing the same role over and over again if you played it bad the first time and then the next 10 movies you make you're doing the same thing i'm like oh god like you know some of these guys are really into classical acting like you watch movies like you got older people like say Clint Eastwood like when i seen him in that movie the last i think it was not the latest one but the one where he was driving the pickup truck with the drugs mm-hmm. back and forth yeah that was a really good job but most of his stuff that he does you never really see Clint Eastwood like out there taking bomb movies doing a bad job. Yeah, yeah. Clint, Clint Eastwood. Uh, you know what's one of my favorite? Well, I have two two movies I really like. But I like um, uh, was it is it Absolute Power or him and Gene Hackman? Yeah, I like that, and I like Grand Torino too yeah. with him. And he, he, yo, he's turned into a really great director, also. You know, so I don't know. So that's 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 the top five most overrated. As per me. You know, leave it in the comments. Leave your five most <laughs> overrated actors or actresses. You know, and, and again, like I'm a lot of these people that I listed, like they're successful people in their own right. But yeah. I think when it comes to being an actor or actress, they just don't. Just for me, they don't do it for me, and that's why it's called give me five, not give you five. Right. But yo, this was a good episode, man. Thanks for pulling up. Oh, anytime, man. Anytime. All right, catch you next week. Later. Later.